Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today we're going to take a look at some very problematic words that start with the letter P. And I'm not talking about pastries, pies, or pudding. That would be fun, though. I do like making homemade pies. Brian's favorites are strawberry rhubarb pie and my blueberry cream pie. As a wife, I like being married, and I like being married to Brian. I have been single, and I didn't like having to make every decision and handle every problem myself. It's nice having help. I believe in the biblical order of marriage, and I have no trouble with the idea of Brian being the head of the home. Too often, though, I find I don't like the execution of that idea. It's great that it's Brian's job to lead our home, at least until I don't like one of his ideas. Then my commitment to the biblical order is put to the test. I think there are some similarities here as to how we view God's authority. Many of us as Christians consider God to be over our life. However, when it comes to the reality of that statement, we are still very much in the driver's seat. We've never given him the steering wheel. We're happy to receive forgiveness for our sins, to receive mercy, salvation, and eternal life. We want half of God's plan, anything that involves receiving something good. But we don't necessarily want the other half of the plan. We don't want to give him anything, certainly not control of our life. We don't want anything to do with words like obedience, submission, or surrender. Why is that? Because of our pride, the most problematic P word of all. Our pride stops us from submitting. Let's talk about what it means to give God control of our life. What is that exactly? It boils down to trust, beliefs, and the three Ps, power, protection, and provision. As I said in a previous podcast, our beliefs are the software running our life, determining what we think, say, and do. If our beliefs are true, we will have no trouble letting God be in charge, letting him be our source of power, protection, and provision. But if our beliefs are not true, we'll struggle with this. The issue starts with our beliefs, which are very likely a mixture of true and false. It's a simple principle. If we trust God, we let him be in control of our life and obey him. If we don't trust God, we won't. Trust or mistrust, both come from beliefs. If you want to hear more about beliefs, listen to my podcast, How Is Your Software Programmed? God is a trustworthy provider and protector and source of power, but we often can't see that because of hard circumstances in our life. If we will allow him to work in those circumstances, he will begin to change our beliefs and eliminate the false ones. God uses his word and our life events to teach us about his true character, his relationship with us, and our identity, so we will trust him and go his way. This was the purpose of the exodus of his people out of slavery to the Egyptians to freedom in the promised land. Before the Israelites left Egypt, they had a concept of God. 
They believed in his existence. But it was not a complete picture. He wasn't relevant to their day-to-day lives, at least not in their minds. They were a people beaten down by the pain and suffering of slavery. They had known nothing else, and the situation seemed hopeless. Unbeknownst to them, God saw their misery and heard their cry for help. He sent to deliver Moses to convince Pharaoh to let the people go. No small task since they were free labor for the Egyptians. God told the people what he was going to do, but they didn't believe him. They fought Moses all the way and complained how things were getting harder instead of easier since he'd been talking to Pharaoh. God worked in spite of their unbelief. It took 10 plagues to convince Pharaoh, but he finally released the people. At the beginning, the people did not know the power of God, nor his sovereign authority. But more importantly, they did not know God would use his power to help them. They were a people without hope because they didn't truly know God. He was a useless useless concept in their lives. They never doubted he was there, but they certainly doubted he would choose to benefit their lives. Boy, did God show them wrong. The land was leaping with locusts, frogs, gnats, and flies. There were rivers of blood, darkness, boils, hailstorms, and dead cows everywhere. But the plague that turned the tide was the death of the firstborn. After that, Pharaoh had no fight left in him, and he let the people go. Surely that would be enough. Surely they would trust God after such a powerful demonstration of his desire and ability to help his people, to set them free. Well, apparently not. Doubt set in as quickly as the next challenge popped up in their life. Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 to 9 says in the NIV, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. I don't know what you're thinking right now, but if you're thinking you are different, that you would have believed God and trusted him at that point, you might want to take an honest look first. It's easy to say we trust God's power to work in our life. Not so easy to demonstrate that belief. Anytime we have a critical or judgmental thought about another person, we're being our own power source. Anytime we lie, cheat, or steal, break the law, we're our own power. When we manipulate or control other people to do what we want them to do, have an abortion, not paying what we owe, hiding our true self from people, 
never apologizing and making amends. These are all power plays, doing things in our own power and not obeying God. Anytime we cut God out of our decisions in how we conduct our life and relationships, we are being our own source of power. Maybe we have more of a problem with this than we thought. So is the problem that God doesn't demonstrate his power in our lives? Or is the problem that we pridefully choose to be our own source of power and ignore the truth? God has revealed his power over and over. We are without excuse if we choose not to trust his power. And he has revealed his love for us, the most powerful demonstration of his love and power, of course, being the sacrifice of his own son, Jesus, to save us from death, followed by his resurrection from the dead. As Exodus 6, 9 said, the problem is we don't listen. But power isn't the only P word we struggle with. Protection is troublesome as well. So the Israelites escaped their bondage in Egypt and headed into the wilderness. They'd been on the road for a few weeks when Pharaoh woke up one morning and realized what he'd done. He allowed his free labor force to leave the country. What was he thinking? He gathered his army and they raced after them. The two million Israelites were not much of a challenge to catch up to. Men, women, children, animals, all traveling on foot. At the point that people became aware of the Egyptian army's imminent approach, they were in a precarious position far down on the Sinai Peninsula. They were surrounded on three sides by water. That's not good. But the people trusted God, right? I mean, after they'd experienced his great power and love saving them from slavery, they chose to believe God would help them again, right? Nope. Here's what really happened. Exodus 14, 10 to 12 says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. What's their response? Doubt. And even worse than that, they are so afraid, so doubtful, so mistrustful of God, so disobedient and rebellious, they want to go back to being slaves in Egypt. Really? You want to go back to bondage? Yep. They went to bed that night terrified. But had God forgotten them? Remember, it was God who led them to this very spot. Did God have a lapse in judgment? Are their fears and doubts grounded? Well, you know what happened. It's one of the most famous stories in the Bible. All night long, God sent a strong wind upon the Red Sea, so strong the wind separated the sea. God created a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. 
and in between God made a path. A muddy path? No, it wasn't even damp. He made a dry path. And one night, God did all that. The people woke up the next morning, gathered their belongings, and hightailed it down this dry path, walking between the walls of water, walls held back by the love and power of God, caring for his people, saving them from disaster, protecting them from Pharaoh's army. God stood between the people and the army as a pillar of cloud, blocking Pharaoh from following them until they were all safely across, every person, every little child, every aged grandmother safely across. And then what? As soon as Pharaoh and his army headed after them, the walls of water came crashing down upon the soldiers and destroyed them all. So let's ask the question, is God a reliable and strong protector? I would say so. He did allow Pharaoh's army to pursue them. He did allow the Israelites to see their imminent approach. They were in a tight spot. But that's because God was growing their faith, teaching them the truth, building up their faith. However, he did not let them be destroyed. He saved his people from annihilation. We, too, have been through many difficult things. And I know this story raises questions in your mind. But God didn't protect me when dot, dot, dot. This is a big question, one with many factors, and I can't do it justice in a mere few minutes. You might want to check out my podcast title, Why Do Bad Things Happen? I've been at the edge of the sea many times. Divorce, death, suicide, abuse, you name it. I've probably... In some of the situations, I now understand why, but some I don't. One thing I know with absolute certainty, though, God is good, kind, loving, trust. My questions indicate my incomplete understanding of matters, but they never indicate God is not a good protector. We will always be headed in the wrong direction if we choose to be our own protector. We do many things to try and protect ourselves, hoarding money, hiding or withdrawing from people, indulging in fantasies, reality TV, pornography, lying, intimidating people, yelling, pleasing people. But none of these protect us one bit and most bring more pain to our life. Our solutions are never solutions if they are rooted in pride. And finally, our list would not be complete without our last P, provider. Very similar to our last story, the Israelites hit another challenge, but this one was food and water. They were running out of provisions, and you would think by now some faith and trust would be built up, but it wasn't. It wasn't enough that God had released them from slavery, not enough that he had parted the sea and saved them from Pharaoh's army. They still doubted God's power and love, just like they did before. They realized they had a problem and immediately chose to doubt God. Exodus 16, 2-3 says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron 
in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Right, that must have been God's plan. He sent ten plagues, released them from Pharaoh's grip, parted the waters because his real plan was to lure them into the desert and starve them to death. I don't think so. No matter what God did, they had no faith. No matter how many times he demonstrated his love and care, they chose not to believe him and trust him. Did he somehow overlook the fact his people would need food? He had it covered. He provided manna and quail every day for 40 years. He provided for all their needs. What does it look like when we are our own provider? We don't tithe. We work too much. We eat too much. We drink too much. Take drugs. Have sex with people we aren't married to. Shop too much. Spend too much time online and with social media. We use too much debt. We steal. We indulge in pornography. A thousand things. All poor attempts to be our own provider. All things that block God from being our true provider. And why? Because we don't trust him. Is that because God isn't trustworthy? Because he can't or won't provide for us? Because he hasn't demonstrated his ability to provide for us? No. Because we won't let go of our pride and let him do it. We won't believe him. Will you think about this? Think about it every day. Will you read your Bible and see that he is an amazing protector, provider, and source of power? Will you choose to put your trust in God? Resigned from being God. You are not qualified. Your attempts to be your own power protector and provider will come up short every time. God's never will. All scripture is from the New King James Version unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.